0: G'day! Welcome to episode 2 of Thought Club. This episode is a conversation with my good friend Julian Klepach. Julian is a French developer living in Taipei and currently working for an English blockchain startup called LendingBlock. Julian also has a YouTube channel and website called Eat the Blocks, which teaches blockchain development with a focus on Ethereum and the Ethereum programming language Solidity. Julian is also currently working on a learning course focusing on blockchain for the well known tech publisher Manning. I met Julian through a friend a few years ago while I was living in Taipei. At the time, from memory, Julian was working primarily as a WordPress developer and been inspired to learn Elixir, at the time a relatively new programming language, after doing some freelance work for a consultancy based in Taipei called Kajini. Incidentally, I started working for Kajini after an introduction from Julian and ended up working there for almost three years. Ever since I first met Julian, I've always enjoyed talking deeply with him. It should be pretty clear from my description of Julian's life and work that he's an extremely entrepreneurial person and has no trouble learning new things or taking action in a new area. I really look up to these traits in Julian, and I always leave every one of our conversations with not only a huge amount of inspiration, but also many things that I can take action on immediately. After I left Taipei earlier this year, Julian suggested that we do a monthly call on Skype to catch up, and we've been doing them pretty consistently since. I always look forward to these calls, and when I decided to start doing the podcast, I thought that these calls would be an interesting and valuable addition in the software and entrepreneurial space. Now, I know that the previous podcast of this one was with Chris Ballou, which also fit into this space, and you might rightfully think that this is all I'm going to cover, but I promise that the two subsequent episodes with Barnaby Nichols and Ronan O'Neill will start branching out into other areas. In this conversation with Julian, we chat about podcasting setups, feature requests from customers of your online service, freedom of speech on Facebook, and Julian's Crazy Sleep Cycles, working with the UK from Asia-Pacific. Episode 2, begin! Hey, hey, hey. G'day, man. Hey. Good evening, or good morning, hey. I guess, for you.
1: Uh, yeah, good, good afternoon for you.
0: Yeah, good enough. Yeah, good afternoon uh, for me, definitely.
1: Well, like, I can see like you level up your gears,
0: yeah, sort of, man. I had these um, I had these mics for for quite a while, but I just sort of recorded my first my first podcast with Chris on Saturday. So you don't know Chris, but he's another developer friend of mine. So we had a barbecue, well, not a barbecue, a little picnic um around my house on Saturday. So we just had a little little chat beforehand. It was pretty good, man. It was pretty good. You sort of yeah. get into you get into a weird trance. I mean, we have these calls, sort of. Once every couple of weeks, and you sort of see how quickly one hour disappears in front of you when you're talking to someone that you enjoy talking to. So yeah, it was yeah. good, man.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's totally true. It's nice to see your, your setup. Actually, I have a similar setup, but you you can't see. But maybe we can show you quickly. So like, I have like the same kind of, of
0: oh yeah, you got the you acoustic have. foam as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and um, also I have the the Blue Yeti mic.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, so I've heard that's I pretty like the, the, popular.
1: So this is a pop filter? Yeah. You, you know yeah I'm familiar
0: yeah. with the pop filter. I decided not to get pop filters for my setup, but that, that because, was just more Because you
1: speak minimal. perfectly and you don't pop. No, 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 no. You do pop in Australia. <laughs> no, no, no. I
0: I, I wish. I'd, for me, it was just having the mic in the right position. So I find that where it is now, where it's sort of sitting under under my mouth is sort of the right place to be. And luckily, I'm going into a mixer. So the gain is sort of high enough that I can have it about a fist away under my mouth and it doesn't pop. Previously, I was having it sort of at like a, you know, if you were holding a mic to your mouth yeah. at that sort of distance, it was just popping all the time. So this, this way I feel is better. But, you know, when I'm listening back, I still catch myself do, do, popping a bit.
1: Do you have a, a condenser mic or? That's a, no, a or dynamic, your, like-
0: dynamic mic.
1: Okay, so that's the one which is uh, not sensitive to the distance.
0: Um, I think they're both they're both sensitive to distance, but a dynamic mic um, is maybe more sensitive to distance than than a condenser mic. So a condenser mic, I, from what I've read, is designed to basically pick up all the sounds, no matter you know how far or the the intensity of the sound. Whereas a a dynamic mic is more. Sensitive to distance and won't pick up sort of smaller smaller noises. So I believe that um, for recording, like for recording vocals for music and stuff, everyone uses condenser mics. But then they also have a recording studio that not only has the the acoustic treatment with the acoustic foam panels, but they've also got noise isolation. So the condenser mic picks up absolutely everything that can possibly be picked up. But if things are isolated properly, all they're picking up is the person's voice. Whereas, yeah, I'm, I think for, again, from what I read, for podcasting, a dynamic mic is the right way to go because you don't want everything to be picked up. You really only want the person one fist away from the mic to be picked up.
1: But, but it also depends um, what you're doing. I mean, if you're just talking... I think uh, you can have recording that that are um, like consistent, but if you're typing on your computer, like you're doing screencasts for programming, mm. then the, the distance might change, and so I've listened to some other programmers' screencasts, and I can hear the volume changing. So that's that's ah, why I picked the the, the, the Blue Yeti. So it's yeah, the, but like, is the I mean, Blue
0: I, Yeti a condenser mic? Is it? Um,
1: it's the one that is not sensitive to the distance
0: okay let me have a yeah, look here
1: and but i'm actually looking uh considering buying a i don't know how to say that like it's a, sort of, a sort of arm that you know like you can like put boom, it on an arm
0: a boom and, micro boom microphone
1: yeah because i think this way i can be more consistent because i set the arm at a at a certain position and and then it's easier to 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 keep the same distance uh, across recording yeah yeah so. yeah i
0: think having it above is definitely a boon so i've mine below but mine's on a boom arm i don't know if you can see it in the corner there oh okay yeah. oh nice
1: nice yeah so. that's the yeah
0: it is in front of me though, so if I if I move further away, you can hear the gain or the intensity go down. But at the same time, I don't have to hold it. But yeah, I believe that having it above you would be a lot better because then it doesn't also um, interfere with the keyboard. I can see my keyboard fine at the moment, but definitely it would be nice not to have this in front of me. But I, like again, for a cheap setup, I think that you just sort of have to start have to start somewhere. I'm um yeah I'm fairly pleased with it I go, I managed to get a free mixer off a friend so that that was really nice It's got a little bit oh. of a crackle so there's there's something wrong with the electronics inside but it's pretty minor it's really not that not that bad I was just looking at the Blue Yeti man I'm not sure it's if not it's
1: too, it's not too expensive it's like like maybe 150 US is one of the cheapest one and compared okay. to the other mic it's is very plug and play so you can use it just uh, right off the box, uh, no need for any any setup. However, you do need to uh, set the gain to okay. minimum because otherwise, like you have all those uh, extra noise, and and you have a lot of uh, c- clipping. Okay. Uh, you know, like when this, when uh, basically when you're the mic too much input. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's that's the only issue. Yeah. So hey, by the way, what's the the name of your uh, of your screen um your podcast? I called it Thought Club. It's not—I don't like the name,
0: but it's the name I like the most out of all the names I don't like. So <laughs> I've tried, like I—I I wrote it down because that was sort of a, a name that came to me just hanging out with um with two of my friends, Chris and Nathan, and I just called our yeah. little group chat Thought Club because we were sort of you know waxing lyrical about philosophy and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, oh, this is a a lofty name that I can name our group chat. And I thought, oh yeah, that'd be a decent name for a podcast. And then I had that in my head for about a week as a good name. And then I just thought, no, nah, that's a really shitty name. That's terrible. <laughs> and then I started. I spent like another week just thinking about names, and every name that I thought of, I am like, this isn't this isn't any better. Actually, this is worse. So it's sort of it's the least worst name that I oh, can think okay. of. So I just had to run with it, man.
1: And I I just uh, Googled it and I, I find the page in iTunes and, and I see that you, you've done a flyer as well. Like yeah, a, it should
0: it should be on iTunes at the moment. Yeah. So I submitted it to iTunes um, about yeah. one or two weeks ago and it just got accepted. Cool. So I only uh, have... I'll I've, subscribe. I'm yeah. like, oh, thanks, man. I have a zero okay. episode. Um, like I said, I just recorded one with Chris on Saturday and what I'll do with that one is I'm just doing a little bit of transcription. So I'm not actually transcribing what we said, but... Just having some uh, some general points in the conversation about what we were talking about, and then maybe um, maybe I'll go through and you know take some clips mm. out of that just for a bit of practice. You know, it'd be really nice to like on Instagram. One thing that I really like is that you know there are these Joe Rogan fan pages that just sort of they'll chop up bits of his podcast and just put it on there, and I always really enjoy them, man, because they. You know, I've usually listened to the whole podcast, but, you know, they'll clip it in, you know, the funniest part or the most interesting part or they'll clip two together that are just, you know, completely unrelated but make it seem really funny. I was like, oh, that'd be, that'd be sort of interesting to do. I don't know if anyone will, like. like I said, I don't know if any of my friends will even listen, but it'd be really, really nice to just have a little bit of some clips on there of me talking to Chris or talking to you or talking to anyone in the future just as not even promo, but like, hey, this is what we're talking about.
1: Let me yeah, totally. Let yeah, me see like, and, what does it uh, say. And, uh, and by the way, how was the approval process for your podcast like? Did you did you have to have a lot of back and forth with Apple, or what's the process like?
0: I I got pretty much approved within a couple of days. I think it was maybe one or two days. There was a problem with Apple's Podcast Connect for, I think it was about three weeks. So I wanted to submit it um, three weeks earlier than I did, but there was a login loop bug with um, Podcast Connect on iTunes where basically even if you had done everything right for your iTunes account, you made an iTunes account, had a credit card, you'd made a purchase, all that sort of stuff, like anything anything that they could possibly want for you to be verified as a as an iTunes account, you would log into Podcast Connect and it would just it would just continually log you out and bring you back to the login page and there was a massive like a huge discussion chat in the Apple support forums of just like i don't know how many people posted there but i guess like hundreds of people probably had this problem where they couldn't log into podcast connect um and you know thousands of replies in that in that thread and thousands of views and all that sort of stuff and eventually they got it all fixed and then yeah once it was fixed and i submitted the feed It pretty much went through straight away, and that was, I think, that was mainly because I'd done all the research about all of the prerequisites that you needed to have in order to, um, you know, basically get approved. The one thing that I wasn't sure about, which it turns out was actually okay, is um, on on the Apple support pages they have a list of SSL certificate providers that they want your SSL to be from, and Mm -hmm. I. I did a little bit of an experiment with hosting mine, and it's actually hosted on S3 with CloudFront. So I was like, "Yeah, how can I, how can I have like minimal hosting costs, maximum scalability? I need to learn how to make a static website anyway." So I started messing around with Hugo. But the uh, the certificates provided by Amazon, not by one of the the providers that are in the list, apparently it's not a problem. So I couldn't find any articles about it online. I might write write a little blog post about it, but it seems that having an Amazon certificate isn't an issue, even though it's not in that list. I have it mm-hmm. favorited. It's, uh, it's,
1: it's, it's possible because like, you know, in general, I tend to think like getting approved on those app store uh, seems like a on, on the paper, it seems like something easy, but when you delve into the details, then you run across those kind of problems that can yeah, delay you for, for, for weeks. And I remember like um, with, a, with another programmer on, a, on another project, at some point that uh so I was working on a project and and uh, my my coworker was thinking of, of creating a, a an open source package and publish it to the the repo for Debian on uh, on Ubuntu. Okay. And um Oh I'm sure and, they have some really intense requirements. And and, and yeah, and you said, Oh yeah, I, I read the the README file and it looked easy. And me I, I didn't have a specific experience with that, but I just had a strong int- intuition. I'm like, dude, we are we're on a tight deadline uh I, I can guarantee you there'd be some problem related to like certificate or approval process so i don't think it's a good idea
0: <laughs> yeah definitely getting into getting into those repos man i think that's pretty serious the app store is probably more serious i know for the um for podcasts definitely for apple they have a, an actual like a manual review process someone actually listens to your first thing and when i found that out i didn't realize that was a thing Um, But I I delve deeper into the support stuff. They will actually listen to what you've done. So at that point, before I read that, I just had like literally maybe like a, a couple of seconds worth of content in like a zero episode just so I could test that it would be accepted. But when I heard that someone would listen to it, I'm like, man, I actually better make something that, you know, even if no one other than the person testing this podcast feed is gonna listen to it, it should be something that sounds legit because it will be legit, but really the point of this is just to make sure that I can even get on iTunes. There were so many people in that support forum that were like, I've been promoting my podcast for weeks. I can't log in. I can't get get it on iTunes. I'm like, man, how have you been? To me, that seems a little bit irresponsible. Like if you're promoting it for weeks, like you should already have it on iTunes like months ago. If you've been promoting yeah. it, that's that seems a little bit strange. But yeah, even for me, like yeah. I had no promotion behind it, but I just wanted to make sure that it could be there once I was ready to go.
1: Yeah, so like that. That that's good that, that you were approved. And the the other day I um, I went running and uh, for the first time I listened to music. Uh, I'm sorry, I listened to to a podcast while while I was uh, running. Okay. And I was listening to to this podcast called um, Indie Hackers. I think I, I mentioned this website yeah. to you before. It's like it's like this online community for entrepreneurs slash programmers. Mm-hmm. And apparently, hack news used to be like this like ten years ago. But now it has changed, and there are like all sort of people. But not exactly the, the same vibe of like bootstrappers. So okay. some people they they migrated to, to indie hackers. And so I really wanted to, to start listening to some podcasts and, and including you because I mean I, I know that I knew that you, you were getting started. But I had this problem that I found it hard to listen to podcasts while I'm uh, sitting at my computer.
0: Okay. And
1: so I was uh, wondering in what kind of situation I-, I could listen to a podcast more easily. And I think actually running for me, it's great because this is super efficient because when I take time to go running, so it means I invest some time for my body. Yeah. But if at the same time I can listen to a podcast and, and learn some interesting stuff, then what I'm doing is like super efficient because I'm yeah, like man. working on my mind and my mind body and, at the same mind time. Mind and
0: body, yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah, and, and and in particular, I picked up one thing that was interesting. So there was this guy who uh, the, the the creator of uh, Intercom. I don't know if you heard about this startup,
0: Intercom. Uh, yeah, we've um, I've worked with some people that use it on their website. So I think two of the um, two of the projects that I've worked on at Kajini, um, they use Intercom. Yeah, so I've yeah, heard of it. Okay, well, yeah.
1: Yeah so like so, for people who don't know basically Intercom is uh this um this service where you can talk to your customer with uh with chats and and email and and also have some some analytics and um and so the, the the founder of this company was interviewed by Indie Hackers and um and one of the questions he had was um, can you tell us uh what's the uh what's the difference in terms of request uh, compared to before uh, before you started to charge for your product and after. And he said that the big difference was that free customer they always ask for more features, okay. whereas pet, pet customer they ask for better features.
0: Uh, okay. Oh, so when you say requests, you don't mean like requests on the internet. You mean feature requests from clients that actually yeah. use the software. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard that quite a few times. Um, definitely there's a sense of entitlement people have for free stuff I feel the same thing with Facebook man I've been saying it quite a bit recently you know like how people got you know, pissed off for invasion of privacy type ideas from Facebook mm-hmm. and my question mm-hmm. was to the people who were getting annoyed it's like well have you ever paid for this service yeah. so if yeah. you haven't paid for this service and you're giving them all all of, all of your data voluntarily what what do you think they owe you what do you think they owe you for a free service that, you know, they may make money from it, but really, you haven't paid anything to have access to this particular service? What what responsibility do they have to you? Obviously, the government thinks they have a bigger responsibility than I think than than they should have. I mean, for me personally, I think that, I mean, I'm not against Facebook. I'm not against people, you know, selling personal information, really. I just think that what I'm against is people giving up their personal information willingly, you know, without knowing that it might happen. So I guess that's that's the real thing. But I think for people to assume that they're not using their data for a service that they don't pay for, I think is a little bit naive. So yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, that, what the Intercom founder says, man, it makes total sense. As soon as people are paying for it, it's sort of like as soon as you start paying taxes, you're like, well, what is the government actually doing? Like, yeah. let me let me think about this. When you're getting everything for free and you've never paid any taxes, you're like more demanding. You're more demanding from the government before you've paid any taxes and then you start paying taxes and you're like, well actually I wouldn't mind giving away less of my money and getting less. Yeah, I don't know, that's, that's
1: my yeah, idea. Yeah, but, uh, but talking about Facebook, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, I've noticed the past few months that there were more control over what you post. Like oh, okay. I, I saw some, uh, some little glitches that I haven't seen before. Like uh, one of these was a couple of months ago uh, i was texting texting a friend uh about some uh some crypto stuff so yep. I, was, I was i mentioned the, the word like maybe ico and investment and something like this yeah and i got the weirdest message from facebook that said we're sorry your message looks suspicious oh. it's under review like and oh, i was like oh no. my god like i never saw that before like are, are you this is a private conversation between right. me and my friend like this is so bullshit and second Oof. uh one week ago i wanted to post uh on my wall a link to my uh, youtube channel right because i released a new episode and it turned out that just before i i, I also posted in a couple of groups for ethereum developers yeah and so i was flagged by facebook they said um uh, we believe that your your message on your wall might be spam oh. so it's uh, it's held for for review and it's like second time in like in less than than two months and I'm like like this is really fucked up I mean
0: wow that's pretty intense man I wonder what their logic is like I wonder what they're trying to prevent because the first thing that came to my head was maybe chatbots spamming people about trash ICOs but then you're clearly not a trash bot you're not a bot you've you know got a verified account that you know has been in use for a long time but I guess maybe they Maybe they assumed maybe your Facebook account had been hacked and then you'd become a bot and you were spamming I, people with ICO information or something like that. That's the only that's the only thing I can think of. I'm not sure what their reasoning like, is.
1: Like like you, you just mentioned paying or not paying. Like honestly, like if Facebook becomes like this, I'd be willing to pay a little bit so that they don't control so much what, what I'm doing because mm. I really don't feel comfortable with that. Or
0: would you or would you look for
1: a different platform?
0: Because it, sort of, it sort of seems like Facebook is on the way out. Why not, yeah, so why like, not look for other uh, platforms?
1: I think one thing that is interesting for me on Facebook mm-hmm. is information about local activities. So so the other day, I saw uh, some suggestion of activities in, on Facebook and okay. that was a little bit similar to, to meetups. And right, I is, okay. On, so, so on meetup.com, uh, you have all those interesting activities. But the thing is, I don't really hang out on meetup.com, so I miss a lot of this.
0: However, I
1: I, I spend more time on Facebook, so I'd be quite interested with more integration with meetup, for example, Mm. and local events. Yeah,
0: Yeah, see, this is what I've been thinking about, sort of the idea of what happens post-Facebook, because I have quite a lot of friends that have gotten rid of Facebook. They keep Messenger, and I think Messenger is pretty valuable. I think it's a decent chat platform, and I think the real value proposition of Messenger is the fact that, You've got literally everyone you've ever added on Facebook in an instant messaging platform, which is really, really nice. And you also don't have to go through any of the BS that you know Facebook throws at you. When I say BS, I, well, that's the way they make money. But anyway, you have this chat platform that I think is really good. And I think one of the only other things that I see, especially in my friends group, is events. Events get used. I use events. It's just a really convenient way to throw it out there to a lot of people. And then maybe pages. But it seems like a lot of the like, quote unquote, social networking aspect of it is sort of like going out the window. Like if people want to post, um, you know, statuses and pictures and stuff, they'll go to Instagram and they'll share it to Facebook. Um, so you have these sort of like these silos of usability, right? So you have like Facebook instant messaging, Facebook events and Facebook pages as sort of something that I see. Um and maybe maybe those event pages. I just wonder if that'll keep going, or if they'll actually spin it out into separate services, or if there'll be separate services that come in and try and really monopolize those particular things, right? So there's a you know maybe something that really focuses on the page, the page aspect, um, and maybe one that focuses. I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll keep Messenger, and there'll be another service that comes up that's a social network particularly focused on events I don't know this is I'm just sort of riffing on this one but I don't know I just Mm, wish that I could almost get rid of it and still have
1: access to events well that's that's really difficult to imagine because traditionally you you have like two kind of business models like for for SaaS kind of companies it's Mm. like either you have a a product with a tons of user and usually they are consumers and then you will make money with advertising yeah or the other way is you have a uh, much less user but they are a business user yeah and and they, and they pay for your service
0: I guess it's like and Facebook is, versus LinkedIn right
1: Yeah like and there is uh well no I mean LinkedIn also I think makes money with advertising but I was more thinking of okay. something like maybe a base camp Okay yeah I see what you're saying Yeah Yeah, yeah. uh and, and there is no in between Mm yeah it, yeah, it's it's one or the other. And so, I mean, I picked this up when I, while I was listening to, to indie hackers. And yeah, I mean, like sometime, I mean, sometime I listen like, to like 10, 20 minutes, nothing interesting. And then one idea like this, oh yeah, this is cool.
0: <laughs> mm. So yeah. one thing I wanted to ask you about last time was your, your sleeping habits. So for people that don't know, you're a, a French developer in Taiwan working for an English blockchain company. So I think two, t- two calls ago you mentioned the fact that you were trying to make your sleep cycle sink in more with the GMT time zone. What have you noticed?
1: Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm positively surprised. Um, I'm still, I-, I still have this schedule and, uh, and have no problem with it. Um, my body uh, adapts well. Um, so local what- time, what
0: time do you go to sleep and get up? local time, so like in GMT like, plus 8, Taiwan time?
1: So like Taiwan time is like maybe 4 or 5 a.m. and I think that it's normal, uh, it's normal time to go to bed in the UK, it's like maybe 11 or 10 or 11. Um, and in, uh, in the day, I wake up at, uh, at 12 here in, in Taiwan, Okay. Uh, which is about like 7 in the UK. Yeah. And yeah, so no, So far uh, it's good. Um, there are things where I do things differently like for example, when I wake up, I, I don't take my breakfast but I eat my lunch because okay. it's lunchtime.
0: So, you have the I lunch meal my... for the first
1: meal. Yeah, I, I have lunch okay. meal breakfast, yeah. And uh, I, I go running uh, at night, so okay. I, I go running at like 2 or 3 a.m. Oh,
0: <laughs> Lucky yeah, you live in Taipei uh, man I don't know how safe that would be in a lot of other cities but luckily in Taipei that's you know completely advisable
1: yeah totally and, and especially now with the heat actually in the evening and uh, and even more at night is the only time where it's cool so it's better oh, right yeah uh, and yeah uh, I'm, so you don't I'm feel this. you don't feel tired or anything like
0: that having your your sleep cycle changed so heavily do you have any trouble falling asleep waking up nothing
1: no no, no, it's wow. I, I told I adapted like like one hundred percent and um one of the initial reasons w- why I started to do this was because i've uh I used to have a sleeping pattern where I would wake up really early and go to bed really early okay it was really difficult for me to go to social activities right uh like a, like even like some up, but like I ate or nine like sometime i I would feel tired already, sure, and I felt like an old person and I was like there is something wrong. So, after I came back from a trip to London, uh, I was jet lag, and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try and experiment and try to, to uh, not readjust. And yeah, that's what I've been doing for like, like about a month and a half now. Yeah.
0: I find it so interesting, man. Do you, do you have any problems with light? Do you use like a, a face mask or anything like that to, you know, try and keep the light out to prevent it from waking you up?
1: Uh, no, but actually, I'm considering this and also I'm considering um, a black curtain okay. on, on my windows because I've, uh, I've read that it can really improve the quality of your sleep.
0: Right, um, yeah.
1: But, but, but like, I think one thing that really helped me is that these days, I'm really disciplined with food. Okay. And so, so I, I eat well. I, I cook for myself uh, every like three or four days. I don't eat any junk food. I eat the food sh- fruits and, and vegetables every day. Uh, don't drink any soda. Mm. Uh, do you drink caffeine? Uh, no, no, I don't.
0: Not at all. Okay, yeah, that's the same as me. Ah, oh, that's so interesting, man. Yeah. I find that really interesting, especially the fact that you've been able to do it without without using something like light blocking devices, like an eye mask or curtains or anything like that. What about noise? Do you find that noise affects you at all?
1: Uh, a little bit. Like the quality of my sleep is not. It's like maybe. 80% of what it used to be when when I sleep at, at night. Okay. And uh, Taipei, I think it's a noisy city. Yeah, um, no, so... I'll, I'll
0: agree with that, man. I slept with, <laughs> with earplugs for over a year, man. So, I can oh, totally... Yeah. Well, yeah, I used to live on, on Geelong Road, man. I don't know if you ever came to my old place, but... Yeah, it was right on Geelong Road, man. The traffic never stopped. It never stopped. Eventually, I got used to it, but I don't think my my sleep quality was as at the at the same level that it was with the earplugs. But man, that's really interesting to hear. It's so interesting yeah. to hear.
1: Yeah, like, but I know that I need to be careful with the uh, with the sunlight because yeah uh, if you if you don't have enough of it, then you can uh, have a lack of uh, vitamin D. I think. Yep, that's and, the one. Yeah. yeah, so one thing I do is that when I wake up at twelve. Uh, even before I take a shower, um, I go out walking for like 30 minutes oh, nice, uh, man. To, to to get some light and also to wake up my body because I work from home. Yep. So one thing that I want to avoid at all costs is just wake up and start to work at my desk straight and <laughs> and not, not move my body. I think this is bad.
0: It's really interesting that you mentioned that, yeah. man, because I've, I've recently reached my limit. I've been working at home for six months um, since coming back and I finally cracked. I think that really? I finally cracked, man. I decided I'm actually going tomorrow. I'm going to like a startup co-working space to to check it out. Oh, and I think oh, I'll get a membership cool. there. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty positive. But yeah, I finally cracked. I thought I could do it. It's it's really efficient and cheap working from home. But for me, I just I got to the point where I'm like, I need to just be outside the house. This is a little too much. But I know exactly what you're saying, yeah. man. I try to go for runs in the morning and stuff too. So I do that, but then yeah, coming coming home and just being inside all day, um, I thought I could handle it, but no, I've reached my limit. But,
1: but I think okay, I think the big difference between you and me is that I, I have roommates. And, yeah, that's true.
0: And, yeah. And, yeah,
1: that's and true. So, so like I, I have this uh, social interaction without doing doing any effort. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. nice, man. So do you need to go? You mentioned that you have a meeting at five thirty.
1: Yeah yeah I'll, I'll have a a meeting with the the, the front end guy cuz uh yeah so like with my coworker in the in the UK okay. uh I've been reassigned to to the front end and we're releasing the alpha of our product in uh, in about uh 2 to 3 weeks
0: can you tell um, can you tell me what the product's called or is that under Yeah NDA? yeah so
1: I I work for this uh so I I was the first employee at Landing Block so which is okay. a an exchange for lending and borrowing crypto, and uh, this is mainly for institutional uh, investors, so like banks, hedge funds. Oh, um, sweet
0: man!
1: So, so it's basically the equivalent of security, se- securities lending, but uh, but for crypto. Okay, yeah. so you guys are going into Alpha. Yeah, yeah, we're going we're going to Alpha re- really soon, and uh, and the, the team is is really great, uh, really great coworker. Uh, very smart people uh, it's really the first time since a long time where I work with only with people smarter than me wow So that's-,
0: <laughs> that's really saying something man that's a great situation to be in I guess hopefully you don't feel hopefully you don't feel negative next to next to people better than you but that's good
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I learned from them yeah of course
0: sweet man as always good talking yeah. to you man we'll arrange a, another call pretty soon you have a good day and I'll yeah, speak to you soon yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you, Percy. As
0: always, man. As always, likewise. Talk to you
1: soon.
0: And that's the end of episode two with Julian. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in checking out any of the things Julian is working on, like his website or YouTube channel, I've put links to all of his sites and channels in the show notes, along with links to some of the other things we mentioned during the conversation, like podcasts and websites. As always, if you have any feedback about the podcast, suggestions for guests, or just want to get in touch with me, I'm available at Percy at PercyGronwald.com or as at PercyGronwald on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks a lot for listening and I'll speak at you next time. Go to bed.